Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. You're listening to the Drummer Daily Podcast, the only daily podcast dedicated just to drummers. Go to my website at danielhadaway.com. Hey, how's it going? Welcome back to my podcast. I just walked inside from taking the the trash out. Uh, That's the honest, glamorous life of a professional drummer in Nashville. You still take your own trash out. No, we don't have... We didn't get the butler to do it this time, you know. We we gave him the day off. Hope you can tell I'm kidding. We don't have a butler. Um, That's that's a whole other episode of the podcast, uh about what it's really like as far as the finances of being a professional drummer. Um, But you probably don't want to hear that right now. And if you do, it's too late because I recorded this. It's not live. Um, But I do, speaking of, uh, what was I saying? Oh, yeah, I took the garbage out. The reason I took the garbage out, I've been waiting until it cooled off enough here and uh, cooled off enough here and stopped raining uh, to take the garbage out. And it finally did. It's actually pleasant outside right now here in Nashville which is a rare occurrence. Um, Speaking of Nashville, um, I wanted to talk today, and after I got thinking about this, I was like, oh man, I I have probably three hours of material that relates to this topic. Um, But So I thought I'd just kind of generally touch on it today, and then we'll get into more specifics uh, down the road. Uh, But I actually, actually, uh, so what I wanted to talk about today was this. Uh, The... The realities of being a studio musician, if you've ever, uh, or a studio drummer, I guess particularly, um, being a studio drummer is is very, very different than being a live drummer or playing drums in your house or in your room by yourself or playing in a band or playing at church, anything else. Playing drums in the studio is literally a completely different thing than than anything else music related I think. It's it's so different and strange. It's a skill altogether separate. Uh, I'll put it like this. If if playing drums is like is like a normal uh you know, uh, a normal person walking then playing studio drums is like doing like the where the Olympics are going on. So like there's like the modern pentathlon, I think, where it's like uh, it's like an event like it involves some running, but it also involves like swimming and shooting a gun and riding a horse or something else. I don't know. It's a bunch of weird random stuff I'll put together. And sure, it's kind of like you know you think about track and field. Oh, it's just a bunch of people running. 
Well, it's not really like that. It's not, you know, you could probably try to do all those things, but it's, it, there's a very little of it that's actually running. Uh, and that's the thing about playing drums in the studio, is that very little of what you're doing in the studio is playing drums in, in the same way that you play drums uh, when you sit down just to have fun practicing or, or anything else. Um, and, and I guess what I'm trying to get at is this. There's just... There's so many other things that are happening in the studio. Um, I had a session today, that's why I'm thinking about this, um, that have nothing to do with with the take you're about to do or whatever. And it can be really tough. Um, it's not easy. It's 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 uh, it's very different. So how is it different? Uh, well, a couple of things. Uh, the first thing is um, 90% of the reason why you're there is because you can play consistently and you have a good attitude and you're fun to hang out with. Um, and I'm not kidding, uh, just being fun to hang out with can get you a lot of gigs, um, and not completely screwing things up, and that's really, I think, what I've hung my hat on, because I'm actually not that amazing of a drummer, um, but I think that I, I can get along with pretty much anybody, um, at least for a few hours, um, and, uh, I like to keep a positive attitude about things, and, um, I, when I play, I don't typically completely crash and burn. Um, ever. Uh, I might go for something that doesn't work, but I don't crash and burn. Uh, so, so the thing about playing in the studio is you might get one pass through the song at the beginning, at least the way that I, everything, every studio situation I've ever been in, I've been, I've been in a lot. Um, you might get one or two passes through the whole song where you, you just track and kind of play whatever you're thinking after you've heard the song. Um, but then, uh, after that, you start getting notes from the producer. The producer will, you know, jump on the talk back mic and say, hey, um, uh, play this kick pattern in the in the chorus. Uh, don't play the ride. Play the hi hats open in the second chorus, and then in the pre-chorus uh, before the second chorus, um, go to uh, roll on the snare, and uh, and then at, in the bridge, go to go where go to where you ride on the floor tom instead of on a cymbal. And I'll tell you all those things at one time, and then you're like, all right, got it. And then you go and you do another pass, and you have to remember all of those things. Um, and, uh, if you play a different kick pattern or a different overall pattern, you, you know, between different choruses, that might not be a good thing. So you got to remember what you played. If he says, oh, I love what you did in that bridge after you're done with the song, you better remember what you did in the bridge. Um, or you have to listen back to it and you take more time. So it's just such a mentally taxing thing. And I, and the thing about all the mental part of playing in the studio is that, you can't really practice for that. You can't, you can't, uh, it's not like playing, you know, you, I better learn, get really good at my single stroke roles because then I'm, you know, I'll be ready in the studio when they need me to do that. The stuff that really is the hardest part about being in the studio is, is stuff that you can't practice for. Maybe the only thing that, that really can help you, uh, to, to practice for the studio is playing with a click because you obviously do that a lot in the studio. But other than that, there's really not a lot of, lot you can do to prepare for it. Um, and it's such a mental thing, but I will say this, maintaining a good attitude, and uh, I I know for me, and this is me kind of being vulnerable here, I have the, the tendency to feel kind of arrogant, or like, I've grown up being in, in like, you know, this is going to sound really really silly, but like, I grew up, like when I was in high school, I played drums for the show choir, and like, I played drums in the band, and so those things, like, they, 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 they train you that the drummer is the leader of the band, or like, kind of control, you know, holds everything down, um, and so... Uh, in marching band specifically, they say it doesn't matter if the if the the drums are wrong. If the drums are doing this thing, 
and you're not, then you're wrong. Um, and so growing up with that mentality, you start thinking uh, as a drummer, you think, oh, I think that this is the right thing for a drummer to do. And and then you, you might know the producer, like, well, he's not a drummer. Well, who is he to tell me what feels right as a drum part? Well, he's a producer, you're the drummer. The producer is the one who's going who's gonna to shape the song. And so you have to just say, yeah, let's do that. doesn't matter what you think um, is good or bad. You can offer suggestions sometimes when you think you might have them. But really, at the end of the day, what that guy tells you to do, um, that's what you got to play. And so it can be a really tough thing for your pride or for your ego uh, to try to not only go along with what someone else is saying, if you're not sure if it's the right thing musically, but at the same time, be positive about it and give everything, put everything into that the same way you put everything into whatever idea you had to start with. Um, so I'll give you this, but that's, that's the emotional side of things. Back to like the whole idea of like the complexities of like all the notes that someone gives you or remembering patterns that you might need to play that are, that, you know, have a, uh, you know, there's, there's, there's layers upon layers of patterns. You might play this pattern for four bars and then end with this drum fill A. And then the next time you play uh, the next four bars of the chorus, you might end that same pattern with drum fill B. And that whole thing, that whole eight bar segment with two different drum fills in it is one giant chorus. And so you need to remember that whole chorus is a chunk that goes into the next chorus. It's the same thing. Um, so one tip I'll give you, if you, if you've never, um, worked with, um, uh, a sequencer, like a, like a, the actual, like, you know, a, a computer sequencer, like a drum sequencer, or like a, um, a drum machine that has like the 16 beat, like divisions, where you can kind of sequence things out. Doing something like that can really expand your mind and get you, help you wrap your mind around the idea of like these patterns kind of nesting inside of each other. Um, and I think there's, if you, if you do a Google search for like online sequencer, um, there should be some that are free and actually work right inside your web browser, um, like online drum machine, online sequence or something like that. So, uh, do a Google search for that and see what you find. Um, so that's my tip for you. Um, but as you can tell, man, I am like, uh, I'm so pumped about all this. There's so much I could talk about, uh, about studio drumming. Uh, but since we're going into the weekend, I thought I'd, I know this episode's a little longer than some of the other ones, but I thought I'd, I'd, I'd go into the weekend and give you a little extra content. Um, and, uh, so I hope that's helpful to you or hope that's inspiring or kind of get your wheels turning about how to maybe approach if you'd like to be a studio drummer or even be more dependable as a live drummer. This, some of this stuff, the skills, if you can learn how to be a good studio drummer, um, that stuff does translate into playing drums live. It doesn't also always work the other way. Some of the attitude stuff does, but, um, it doesn't always work the other way other than that. Um, so, uh, hope, hopefully that helps you out. Uh, also, you might note, uh, that these episodes, these past couple of episodes are a little bit louder volume-wise on your, on your device, however you're listening than usual, or they have been. Um, that was on purpose. I got some feedback from a, a, a listener. He, uh, he let me know, like, hey, can, is there any way you can, like, your podcast is so much quieter than everybody else's that I listen to. Um, and, you know, it's, it's fine when I have to turn the volume up to listen to your podcast, but then when, when, you know, it goes to the next podcast automatically and it's somebody else's, it like, you know, I jump out of my car, it's so loud. Um, and so I did, so I did some tweaks to this to hopefully make this podcast more in line volume wise with what you're used to hearing everywhere else. Uh, but let me know what you think either way. Um, also let me know this, uh, if, if you can, if you're still listening, which I probably lost most of you by now, but if you're still listening, send me an email, daniel at danielhadaway.com and let me know what you want me to talk about in this podcast. Uh, I'm, I'm making this to serve you and to hopefully give you some tips and tricks for things that you care about. And so if you don't care about what I'm talking about, let me know because I, I, I can change. I, I want to help you. I'm not here to, to, 
toot my own horn or, or do what I want. I'm here to, to serve you. So let me know what you want to hear about, and I'll be happy. I love hearing from you. So just let me know uh, whatever you're thinking about that you'd like to hear about, and I'll do more of that. All right, so uh, have a great weekend, and I look forward to talking with you again on uh, Monday or a couple of days from now whenever you're listening to this or right away if you have delayed in downloading this and uh, there's more episodes available already. All right, bye. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com.